We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Friday edition of the OBR Film Breakdown podcast coming at you a little late recording this here about noon on Friday. Unfortunately, life got a little chaotic for me. Uh, didn't get anything recorded last night. That's what happens when you have two kids. As our guest today would know, he's now uh, you know run his lottery ticket up to three kids. He understands better than anybody. So we don't get to chat with John often, but I'm excited to get a chance to yuck it up with him a little bit. John Colosimo's here to join us. John, what's up, man? How is, uh, how, how are you surviving? I think is the way to frame the question. right now. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I don't know, man. One, one day at a time, a little bit, you know, like, um, uh, the three kids are, it's rough. I, I always made this, this joke that, you know, when we're going from two to three, I'm like, what more can they take? Th- there was more. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so I'm in the throes oh. of that. The good news is that I'm uh, I'm not at odds with the wife over it. We're all struggling together, so that uh, you know that's that's probably the most important thing is that uh, you know not fighting everybody in the house. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a struggle. <laughs> it's a struggle. I, I mean, we're at the two game, and and we're trying to navigate the two game. You're at three. Um, you know, people talk about you know when you go from two to three, it's no different, right? It's that that's a, like a popular catchphrase of. One to two is a big jump, which I agree with. But then people will be like, yeah, two to three is nothing. And I'm like, man, I don't really know how you can just add a kid and call it nothing. Like, I don't <laughs> I don't understand that that angle. But anyway, John and I have carved out a few minutes of our uh, each other's time to to make this happen. We always, when we get together, try to start with what we've been watching lately. Uh, and I think for me, there's not much I've been watching lately new. Um, well, I did see Babylon, which our good friend Stephen Thomas was in, and it was really jarring to see Margot Robbie in the same scene as a guy I ate dinner with at, uh, you know, uh, a spot up in Delaware not too long ago. It's just it's so cool to see Stephen in that movie. Now, I would suggest if you're a film person, um, you enjoy the history of filmmaking, the eras of it, and the navigation of the eras of filmmaking, it tells a really unique story. And I would say reflecting on it. I want to see it again. 
I'd put Babylon in like the top 15 movies I've seen in a long time. Like it's good. It's really good. And it's just, it's uh, and I'm a big Chazelle fan. Cause I mean, I love La La Land and some others that he's done, but like, it was good, really create a movie. And then having like the last 15 minutes to see a friend of yours in the movie was so cool too. So shout out to Steve. And then I'm really pumped coming up, John, the last of us comes out. I think Sunday uh, is when that one comes out. What are you hearing on that? Yeah, I've heard it's good. It's, I've heard it's good. People have been liking it that have seen it already. So that I don't think it all. I think it's an episode a week drop. So I'm pumped to to watch that one. You've been consuming anything lately? Yeah, uh, Foundation. Uh, it's on Apple Plus. Sci-fi. I'm a big sci-fi guy. I've watched you know a few um, TV shows specifically, and um, definitely movies too. But like TV shows, I've watched like all of them. <laughs> the, you know, one of the um, things like, you know, Netflix, you can bitch about their library and uh, I certainly have. But like w- one thing that they have had through the years is just like everything that you could want in the sci fi, you know, like uh, a ton of them get canceled after a year or two. And, that kind of, and I still watch those. Um, but uh, yeah, Foundation is a sci fi on uh, Apple Plus, And I have found that uh, pretty damn good. Um, one of the characters is, um, if you watch Chernobyl, the main character from Chernobyl is in that. And I, I actually really like him. Um, and uh, there's a guy from uh, How to Get Away with, uh, I think it's like How to Get Away with Murder was a show that I watched uh, way back or whatever. So uh, there's a guy from that show. And uh, that's been, I think, He's talking uh, to Eric Evans, by the way, just in case people didn't know. He's he's been in a bunch of stuff. He was in, um when he's in one of the Sherlock Holmes. He was uh Oh yeah, I think I right. Holmes. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes three or two. I don't know. They're doing a Sherlock Holmes three apparently, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, Chernobyl, Sherlock Holmes, and more he was in Morbius, but we won't talk about that one. We'll, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'm di- I'm really really digging it. I'm not quite to the end of the season, but uh, I'm. It's been really really good. Um, <clears throat> obviously, we have way too many streaming services, so I'm probably just dipping in and out of uh, Apple Plus for this one because uh, you know Apple Plus will let you watch any of the pilots for free. Um, so seven bucks, I'll watch the season, and uh, it's a pretty good deal in that regard. So, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm really liking it. Yeah. My only problem is trying to find the hour to watch an episode, um, you know, when you can at the house. So, uh, but yeah, I would, I would highly suggest anybody who digs sci-fi check out foundation. Uh, I think it's interesting and, uh, it has some very good actors and, uh, very good. Okay. That's a good wreck. I mean, you and I didn't really get a chance to, because I think right around the time I finished the peripheral, you were like, I think you guys were just having the little one. So we didn't really yuck it up on that. I, I, I really loved it. It was really good. I hope they do a second season of it. I haven't found any concrete evidence of, of a uh, second season uh, of that one. But if you guys out there want to, want to get into a three person DM with me, John, and uh, the context of this show, the peripheral, I know somebody reached out to us. If you want to do that, we're more than open to chat on this show. We've shared some text. I don't think it's probably great to spend about 25 minutes on that show because I probably could. <laughs> I know. I, it's good. Yeah. I hope, they, like I said, I hope they do. Uh, I hope they do a second season. I, haven't, like, I, I, I heard the last thing I read was that it was all but a given. So um, it's not official, but that was the last thing I read on it. 
Okay, so moral of the story, Foundation, see Babylon when you can, because that'll be out on streaming services before you know it. It did not do well as far as generating money in theater. I thought they were terrible marketing, but like Margot Robbie and Brad Pitt were so good, man. So good. And uh, I barely heard about it. I barely, I know about it, and uh, I did have it on my list to see, yeah. but you're right to point out that, uh, that marketing because um, it just was basically non-existent. I mean, like, it had I mean, just everybody, Brad and Margot were great. I mean, like, Gene Smart was excellent at the, the uh, early Hollywood sort of gossip writer. Diego Calva is going to be a star. He is, like, the lead in the whole thing, and he is – people don't know about him yet, but he was phenomenal. It, I mean, it was really good. It's a three-hour movie, so it's long, and you got to really enjoy, like, the idea of cinema going from non-speaking or no-sound cinema to color or to uh, – talkies is what they were called when when actors went from like these people don't talk to all of a sudden they have to talk on screen and it's just about this non-stop moving locomotive that is hollywood and, and the people intertwined and like i just thought chazelle was really really good and again if you like any of his stuff he did like whiplash was i loved whiplash he wrote that uh la la land first man 10 cloverfield like he i think he's really talented and i think he blew this one away so that's my strong recommendation and it's also really cool um to see our our folks uh, that I feel like you and I were the only ones pumping up this movie. Everything Everywhere All at Once is just blew away the rewards uh, ceremony, man, which was which was so cool to see. I don't know if you got a chance to see yeah. uh, everything they won, but the speeches and, and all of that, man, were, were so cool. And especially, you know, getting to see, jeez, uh, his name is, it escapes me. Um, yep. Akiyu Kwan, right? Am I, am yep. I, I hope I'm Right, so he's yeah, actually, I, I don't know that that's pronounced correctly, but the, yes, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean, he's the lead, and then he's the, the what is he in uh, Goonies and all of that stuff, man. Like, well, the, the cool thing did you see my tweet the other day that I found, which was uh, that he was in a round table with yeah. uh, like Colin Farrell or whatever, that Chunk it was basically his agent. Yeah, <laughs> it's because like everybody knows the, the movie, and it's like all of these people are, are intertwined in everybody's memory. And it was, so it's, it's just like this whole thing has come back. Spielberg's still getting recognized for, I cannot yeah. remember what Spielberg did, but he got a rec, you know, so it was oh, just Indiana Jones. That was the Indiana Jones temple of doom. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, I don't know, man, the whole speech of his, which honestly related to his character in a sense of where he didn't, you know, what was he going to be? Cause he ever going to be able to top what he did in his earlier life and, that's cool. It's a great movie. I hope they continue to do well at the Oscars because they deserve all the credit in the world. And again, I mean, I talked about Babylon's in my top 15. I would say everything everywhere is in my top five. Like it just is, I, I can't, I've, I've recommended it to everybody I can, and I can't say I've seen a movie like it and I probably will never see another one like it. And that's probably the highest sort of uh, recommendation I can give as somebody who really likes thought provoking movies. So shout out to you who brought it to my attention first, man. So kudos. Yeah, it was, it was good stuff. It's good to see it getting recognized. It is. I think it'll keep getting recognized, too, hopefully. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back, and then we'll dive into some football stuff, because I think that's what we're here for. So we'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Okay, first thing that comes out today, John, is um, you know, Genevieve Clowney can't just fade off into the ether. He's gotta have one more quote. So he came out through um, sorry, Ian Rappaport put out a statement from Clowney and said the following. As a son and parent, I want to fully apologize to anyone I offended, specifically Miles Garrett and his family. My words in the locker room were not only taken out of context, but completely misrepresented. So that is an attack on Cleveland.com and the publishing that they did of that story. Uh, as a man, I have reached out to Miles specifically to apologize. I'll continue to learn and grow as I always try to do as I move forward. Um, you know, uh, so he takes no you know, he takes no, uh, you know, credit or blame or whatever. He takes none of that for the words. He says he was misrepresented. Um, don't really have much to add to it here other than, I guess, okay, because now you're, he's calling somebody else a liar for saying the direct quotes that he gave. I'd have to really see the video, John, to, to decipher whether these were misrepresented. I just have a hard time thinking they could be misrepresented. They're pretty, they're pretty black and white. I don't really know how they could be misrepresented, but I guess – I don't know. Does he deserve the benefit of the doubt here? You know, I don't know, man. It's just I, I, the whole thing's ugly. I, yeah, I don't think he does, to be honest. Uh, you know, um, of the things that we do know, we know that his uh, position coach took umbrage, uh, you know, over it. Uh, we know that they sent him home on the last week of the season. We know that Kevin made comments saying, I just, I, I'm not going to say it to the media. I'm going to tell you to your face type thing. So, uh, you know, you can you can set aside anything else, in my opinion, uh, and just rest on the fact that his coaches uh, didn't appreciate those comments. Um, and Kevin even said that he he uh, confronted him in the lock or the uh, position room with it, and Clowney didn't respond. So, if these quotes were misrepresented and things you're saying, wouldn't you have said something there? Uh, yeah, it all seems like damage control and the next contract. 100%, which is what I thought the original, <laughs> the original yeah. point of what he was doing was in general there too. So, all right, Miles, um, not Miles, Jadavion Clowney, good luck to you, man. Um, thanks for causing drama on your way out, leaving the uh, leaving a, leaving a, leaving a trail stain there on your way out. <laughs> but let's talk DC. I've kind of covered it this week. The, the latest update is um, – that there is not going to be a Gerard Mayo interview that we thought there would. He is going to be staying. Uh, is, apparently, I don't know if it's a done deal or not. I have not seen that it's a done deal, but he's negotiating a new contract and a new role with New England. It's weird. New England has, like, the younger Belichick's son and him kind of co-running the defense. 
labeled as linebackers coach. He's not really given a DC title, which is kind of what I thought was an angle that they would take to keep him. They've got him kind of, and this might be a, it's a rock and a hard place because in, in all reality, if Mayo was calling the defense, he should have been asking for a title change because, and, uh, listen, let me put it this way. He could have done that. It seems from things I have read, he really wanted to remain in New England anyway. Talk to, I've seen some quotes he gave about not wanting to move and uproot his family and a whole bunch of other things that told me he was automatically leaning or would have loved to stay in the New England area as it is. But this is, it's just an interesting way of now he's a DC and it's like, well, was he the DC before? Because everything. Well, that's, and that's what I would ask too, Jake. Like, what do you think is even the reason that he didn't have the title? No idea. I really don't have any idea. And to me, it's like, if I've heard this guy is super charismatic up in front of the defense calling things like, why wouldn't he and his agent be asking for that title? And again, they might not care because they know that he, he there could be some, unofficial angle here that down the line he takes over for Belichick something Belichick's old he's not getting younger and I you know if he's got a committed downline guy here and he talks about keeping his family in the area I don't know it's a lot of conjecture on my part but it seems to me like he wasn't bothered by any of the shenanigans that might have been involved there whether they were intentional shenanigans or not I don't know but it's not really worth us wrecking our brain about here because I I do but yeah, I do wonder if there's any kind of like contractual, not um, not in terms of pay, but like um, I do wonder if there was any like weirdness in terms of the interview process. I know there's rules about that, uh, permission and that kind of stuff. Like I, I, I just don't know what ties there might be to not giving that title. It's just strange. It's not normal for you know. Well, DC to DC would be a lateral move for him. So right. You're sort of. presuming, yeah, well, I mean, that he would need permission is my point. You can't, you can uh, go yeah, to yeah, an interview yeah. for a positional upgrade, which Flores is currently a linebacker's coach. You got Schwartz as a defensive assistant. Those are the two they've had in. Um, you need to get uh, approval to go. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. I don't know what the angle is there. So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll just see. I, I, mean, th- I think they're going to add in more interviews as we go here. They have not gotten to decide yet. Seems like he will, and again, he's not a defensive coordinator right now. Although he was in twenty-one, he was uh, a defensive, uh, like a, an assistant head coach and defensive title for Seattle. So um, those guys are all eligible to to go do an interview because it's a positional air quotes upgrade uh, with with a coordinator tag. So we'll see if there's anybody else that maybe either gets like fired or whatever. But you're not going to get a current DC to come to Cleveland uproot unless again the head coach is fired and then they're just in limbo. That's a possibility. Right. But the other piece of news out there is that Flores, Brian Flores, who the Browns interviewed just yesterday, I wrote up a little article on him and Jim Schwartz. If you want to read either of those, those are very preliminary, just thoughts. I'm not digging into film until these guys are hired because I don't have time to waste time these days like I used to. So um, <laughs> those deep dives will come when they hire somebody. But like, um, it seems like Flores is going to get the rounds on some of these head coaching interviews that people don't want. I mean, the Cardinals, and I expect you'll interview with the Houston Texans too, because these are these are jobs that people know are dead ends. And to Flores' situation, it screams to me a guy who I think is qualified to be a head coach, but with the owner, the ownership lawsuit, the way things ended in Miami, the conjecture around the pay-to-lose stuff, like it feels like Flores might think I need to take a job at a non-desirable location as a head coach if I want to get into it again. If he goes the D.C. route, I don't think there's any doubt Cleveland is at the very top of his list. But 
if Arizona, who knows that, hey, man, we kind of are, we're going to be bad. We're more than likely going to fire this person because it's just the way the cookie crumbles in the NFL these days, or Houston in the same boat. Like, there's a, a, a little wiggle room there for maybe catching lightning in a bottle with Flores and you like him and you keep him around or whatever. So I think that people are getting offended by the Flores thing. Like, they want, there's this goofy idea that you can just, don't let them leave the building. It's the funniest thing in the world. Like, you know, like when a free agent comes in and they're like, they better not let them leave the building. We're going to hold them hostage. Like these guys, people think about things, man. They call their wife, they call their kids. They think about this huge decision to go to Cleveland is, is not something that you're like, well, Hey, that's a great contract offer. Let's do it right now. Where's my locker? Like, or, you know, it's like a goofy saying like Flores is going to interview around, man. He's going to look around. He's going to weigh his options. Same with Schwartz. who's going to interview at some spots and, you know, in that yeah. same respect, yeah. you know, like this is not a head coaching. I can understand that sentiment a little bit more when it comes to a head coaching candidate, when it comes to a GM candidate, when it comes to a player. It makes no sense to me when you're talking about a defensive coordinator, which, you know, yeah. I'll just say also that, you know, there there's just all this talk everywhere about, you know, uh, Deep Podesta versus Jimmy, um, you know, and nobody <laughs> seems to think that Kevin has any say in who his defensive coordinator is going to be. And I, I'm sorry, but I, I don't, you know, you can think what you want, but I don't think that Kevin stayed on, you know, uh, or, you know, took this job so that people could dictate his coordinators to him. You know, only an asshole – you know, dictates that kind of stuff. That's John Dorsey. Okay. That's, you know, John Dorsey is the one who dictated the coordinators for his coach. All right. Like, you know, that's some, some heavy bullshit and there's nobody, but like the weakest head coaches would allow um, that kind of uh, control over your coordinators that just, um, I don't know that the whole narrative is really bad right now, I think. I would agree too. Other other than that, I mean, with Schwartz and Flores and and Desai, like I'm looking at your opinion on it, where you sit on it right this second. I mean, they're going to be names that we don't know right now that they're still going to interview. Um, but it feels like people are having this. Like I see, I've seen polls from larger Cleveland media figures who are, you know, talking about um, putting up polls for people who are like Flores is at the top. I just I find it weird how 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 large. For the amount we don't know about these coordinators, what they're going to do, what their their theories are, how they're going to adapt personnel, whether it meshes here, to be like this is the this is the guy that they should want is kind of strange to me because I I think that I don't know football is sort of unique in that way where you have all these people who are so convinced with maybe like ten percent of the necessary information to be convinced yet we speak so convinced and maybe that's just the nature of twitter and all this other shit john i don't know but like no no I think i'm just I... like i'm not gonna be mad that they hired decide like i would like to know why kind of like when they draft there are guys i like and in, in, in all of those things, but i like to know why they pick who they pick and their thought because that's where i can make a judgment down the line of these are smart people or they were stupid they, they made mistakes that's my thought process so i'm kind of curious as you've been paying pretty close attention to this whole uh, little roller coaster ride mini roller coaster this week where you sit on all of these names you know, this far removed from it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, uh, over the years, like, um, and, you know, like my opinion constantly evolving, uh, 
but I definitely tended to um, the side of you just you you have that 10% of the information as you referred to. And so like having a strong opinion one way or the other seems really silly to me, whether it's a, a defense coordinator, whether it's a head coach, all that kind of stuff, because you just you just don't know. And um, so like w- with regards to these candidates, you know, uh, Jim Schwartz, there's there's not much you can say. He's a guy. Um, he's similar in uh, some respects to Wade Phillips in that he's got a very long and successful career. Like um, there's no there's no reason to knock what he does. Um, you can look at like uh, some of the things um, in terms of personnel that need to change, uh, um, or how that style meshes with what they were already doing. Uh, but there's there's no way to knock a guy like Schwartz. It's uh, that'd be an excellent DC. So I'd be happy with that hire. When it comes to Flores, um, I'm a little bit less um, excited about him. But again, like it's just this guy's got a great resume, um, and I think he would be a good DC candidate too. Very different in terms of style, like you've pointed out in your articles. Um, but that's somebody who again is a proven commodity, I think, uh, in terms of what you're getting in the NFL. Uh, Desai was a name that I wasn't aware of, but as I've looked more and more into it, I mean, the guy is an excellent candidate. You know, people talk about Flores as if he's a lot more experienced. Um, You know, Desai has more experience technically on the defensive side of the ball. He's two years younger. Um, He is extremely well-respected. run something, uh, you know, and we have, again, with all three of these candidates, we can, we can look at real pro experience as a defensive coordinator and be able to judge, you know, like when, when it comes to like uh, head coaches, head coach is like a really weird position that is impossible to predict. Um, the Nobody even really has great, um, insight in terms of what makes a good one, what makes a bad one. So when it comes to head coaches, it's very hands-off for me these days in terms of like what I think is going to make a good one. Defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator is a little bit different. You can, you can zero in a little bit, especially when these guys have experience. And those three candidates are really good. And uh, there's no way that I would knock any one of those three hires. Uh, I have taken umbrage to, especially in the last, um, you know, 48 hours, Albert Breer, who, you know, in my opinion is a shithead who, you know, has, he has sources, um, (laughs) but he he has sources, but like he, you know, anytime you're getting this from these guys, they're interpreting it and then just dumping it out there. And you don't know whether, so he had this stupid Q and a, um, where Albert Breer is talking like, and, and it should be known that he has heavy yeah, connections in the new England kind of tree, which encompasses like three of the four candidates now, you know, now two of the three with Mayo out of the door, but like you have to understand where these sources are coming from so that you can kind of understand it. And you have to read carefully when he says things, because how he phrases things really, you know, you're framing an argument and you really have to learn to decipher what guys like Breer are, 
you know, are trying to say to you. And so, like, he comes out with this one line um, specifically about Desai. And it's, it's so silly, right? Because Kevin actually has history with Desai. That's the more important part of his quote <laughs> and more substantial. But then he throws in like this little like a uh, analytics favorite. And we all know the, the narrative right now in, uh, in Cleveland, it's, it's almost as bad as it was during the Hugh era. Um, right now, with regards to Deep Podesta and analytics and all that kind of stuff, it's, it's almost as bad as the height of the, of, of the Hugh Jackson era. And so he throws this one tiny line in there that he's an analytics favorite. And let me tell you, Albert Breer doesn't have a freaking source at all as to what the analytics department thinks. And specifically, he doesn't know shit about what the real decision makers within that department, like he doesn't know a damn thing about what De Podesta means, which really, when you're talking about analytics in terms of a coaching hire, the only real opinion that matters, and there might be one or two other guys, you know, like um, um, there might be one or two other guys, but like the main thing is like De Podesta does have like a heavy hand in terms of like what that department thinks. And you aren't getting shit for that from Albert Breer. But he throws this thing in there and says that decides the favorite. And all of a sudden he's the worst candidate in every Cleveland, you know, every normie in Cleveland fandom. And so like, it's made me kind of start, you know, to, to really like Desai in terms of um, how that goes, you know? So anyway, plus he comes from the Fangio tree, like those defenses have done. You don't have to, you don't have to dig very hard to figure out why people like what he can offer, you know, and I'm sure we'll see him interview at some other places too throughout this process, not for a head coaching job, but for defensive coordinator jobs. And he'll be interesting for guys who get head jobs who are not, you have to get the head coaching job before you take a coordinator with you, obviously. But, but uh, I expect Desai to be very sought after. He did well with that Chicago defense. I plan to write up some of his stuff too, but you're right, man. Like it's just like, it's just the misconceptions around the, the department that Paul runs where he does probably sit in on game plan meetings and say, Hey man, we should be aiming for this number of pass attempts. We should be aiming for this number of runs. We should be, you know, here's situations where a pass, the data tells us passing's better. He's not, he's not calling the plays. He's not, he's not telling you, Hey, run 90 West coast slant bubble X shot Z under, like he's not telling you what to call. He's giving advice and data driven thoughts on a lot of things. And he will probably give data driven thoughts on the next DC and the game plans that DC has used and what he's thought of them. So, and, and again, I thought those guys mm-hmm. illustrated it. Andrew and, and Kevin illustrated it once again, that it is a tool that you use to implement successful strategies. And, and I think they'll use that as a leg of the, the angle to, to pick up a DC that that opinion will be listened to. And I think you'd be dumb not to listen to that opinion uh, along the way of, making your choice. So, you know, I'm with you. That was well laid out on your end and uh, the negative conjecture um, people take that they don't even know what they're mad about if they hire Desai. And yeah, I don't know, man. It's a weird, we're in a really weird spot with all of this because the last two years results and it makes for a lot of unnecessary fodder. The only thing we'll talk about before we close is, is um, the AP team, uh, all pro team was, uh, which is again, there was this, this year's new was, uh, J.C. Treader did a good job of putting together the players' opinions. Um, they put out their own all-pro team, 
which Joel and Miles made first team. Um, and I believe Nick did. I think they did two running backs. I could be wrong on that, but I think they did two. And then um, uh, there's two more that I really like to pay attention to. The AP put it one theirs out today, and it had Micah Parsons as the first team All Pro edge in front of um, in front of Miles. They had him as second team. But another guy, Brandon Thorne, who I think does great work on trench play, offense and defense, puts out great. his true sack ratings. It just mm-hmm. it's just a way to a- analyze whether a sack was a rare type of sack which is, again, like high-skill, ridiculous move type, high-quality, low-quality, a coverage sack, which is a long quarterback hold or a cleanup sack, maybe where somebody forces a guy off that spot, the quarterback just kind of runs into your lap and you get the sack sort of thing. And Miles was third this year. It annoys me so much that Alex Highsmith has turned into a productive, really, really productive <laughs> Bud Dupree replacement in Pittsburgh. But but Miles is third on there, and Micah Parsons is fifth. Um but again, go check out Brandon's work, and he had Miles as the first team guy. I don't think you can go wrong with any of the three. I, I really like how Micah Parsons plays. He plays so hard all the time. Like I don't have any. I guess what I'm saying. Do you take any offense to Miles not being on a first team list? I think there's data that does show, especially the one put out by uh, Pro Football Focus the other day that represented how difficult Miles' job is compared to other people. What he deals with, um, and I think I think that's literally all the evidence you should need. But if Parsons makes it in front of him, I'm not like totally offended by it. Cause I think those are the three you put in Max Crosby into that list. You probably, you definitely throw in Watt when he's healthy. Those are like the dominant rush guys. And there's only two spots, you know? Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. Um, <clears throat> there's, you know, there's just nothing to get too hyped up about. I mean, um, <clears throat> and I don't even know like over the years, cause this, this is the first players list, right? Yeah. This is the first one that the players have put out their own, well thought out, well gathered uh, formation of their own list. Yeah, not just like a, a popular top 100 players vote. Like they did a really good job with that process. Treader put it out how they did it on his Twitter timeline. If you are interested in reading that, so yeah, I, I like uh, how they did it. I need to check that out. I, um, you know, the nobody ever reads the uh, methodology when it comes to <laughs> the list, whether it's an article or anything else. But uh, so I'll check that out. But you know, so I don't know that I'll always agree with the players uh, and what they do but uh, either way like first team second team um, there's there's really no reason to get your panties in a bunch over you know first or second team Uh, I probably at this point would take the players word over uh, AP but um, because you know there's a ton of people just uh, checking out in that department or only seeing their local uh, or regional um, teams and so there's no reason miles had a fantastic season i think there's a ton of good data whether it's from pff or sis or there's a bunch of good data like miles had a monster monster season and uh it's nice to to see those graph uh see those graphs kind of uh show up and and i've dealt with probably like (laughs) i don't even know how many people that wanted to trade miles this year. Like this is where like, I just talked to, you know, like normal people on the, um, you know, either at work or in family or whatever. Um, there's a large contention of people that were like, should we trade miles? No, this is literally what you, this is literally like what you were after, you know, uh, when you were seeking a defensive, uh, you know, so I just hope, I hope they're able to um, cure some of the ills that we had on the defensive line so that uh, maybe uh, 
some of the Make his life folk. easier, man. Make yes, his life uh, easier. And so the common folk can appreciate him for what he is because apparently what he's doing isn't enough for them. <laughs> yeah, he needs a he needs a defensive player of the year to justify the the talent that he is, man. And like he's um as we know, special and most <laughs> football minded people understand is special. They need to win enough so that he is getting the Nick Bosa type of vote that Nick is getting this year. So anyway, last question before we go, Joel, Joel Batonio really carving out man, a path. So 18, 19, 20, second team, all pro pro bowl, 21, first team, all pro pro bowl this year, all lists, pro football focus, uh, players, AP, everybody, another one. So that's two straight first team, all pros. He gets like I think if he gets two more, he might be in the Hall of Fame, man. I mean, like a I think he's already three. there. Yeah, he might. It's it's questionable if he gets to three. I think he's he's got a real foot in the door. If he gets to four, he's a lock. And I don't see him slowing down. He's there's nothing. I know that happens like really slowly and then all at once with football players slowing down. But like he's gotten, he just keeps getting better. He just keeps getting better. So, man, I would love to see Joel and Joe Thomas make the. Make the Hall of Fame. That'd be really cool. I will. Hard, I will for, guards. hard for guards and centers, though, man. I will definitely like check out that Hall of Fame speech because I bet you Joe would be the one introducing it. It would be good. Joe's will be good, and I think Joel's would be just his dry humor is his dry humor is phenomenal. But anyway, John, we're gonna wrap up. Listen, thanks for being here, man. You know, I always appreciate stealing any of your time. No, it's nice. I appreciate that too, and uh, I'll definitely uh, tune in as much as I can. Uh, get in here and talk. We got draft coming up. We got playoffs coming up, so lots of stuff to talk about. Um, people, go check out Foundation. Uh, we'll talk about that when Jake gets around to checking out a little bit of that, too. Yeah, we will. If you're a peripheral fiend, like I said, feel free to invite us into a uh, Twitter conversation. We'll be we'll be glad to, to jump in and chat about that. Listen, for John, for me, we appreciate you stopping by and listening. Reminder, uh, there is a link up at the top of my Twitter page and the OBR Film Breakdown of hats being offered now for sale and t-shirts so if you're interested in those couple different styles of hats a couple different colors of t-shirts for the obr film breakdown or brown's film breakdown podcast all in under one umbrella there so check that out buy one i think they're great deals good nike products so again check it out appreciate you guys stopping by have a fantastic friday or weekend whenever you're listening to this thanks again to john thanks to you guys have a good day go browns Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.